AFC South champions two years in a row, Brian. Best for the football team is what we're going to do, and we are going to ignore the noise. If there's one person in the NFL who I think has the makeup to ride this out the entire year, it's Nick Casario. And I think this is ridiculous. I mean, what, what point is Houston proven by doing that? You're just going to make him sit. You're not going to recoup anything for him in return. Your football team right now is devoid of talent. You don't have the assets to improve the football team. So you're just basically saying we're just going to junk this year. Simply because we don't want to establish the precedent of star players who are disappointed in how we do things, saying that they want to try and then force their way out of town. Welcome to another episode of the Turn Up For What podcast talking your Houston Texans straight from the Great British Isles. Joined this week by Brian T. Smith from the Chronicle. Brian, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. I probably looked on uh, with some envy as I saw maskless videos of bars and restaurants in Texas over the weekend. As you, How's, Is there a bit of a relief in that sense? Well, uh, officially, I, I don't think the masks can come off until Wednesday. Which is, you know, I know our time zones are different, but which is tomorrow. But, you know, Texas being Texas and the South being the South. Texas really isn't the South. Texas is its own state. I mean, its own country. Um, but I get the feeling people got a little ahead of themselves. But, you know, honestly, where, where, where I've been, where I'm at, um, everyone, for the most part, has respected it for the last six to nine months since, since the initial mask mandate became official to where you actually did have to wear one. And uh, I was running errands this weekend and, you know, went to a restaurant on Friday, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, everyone uh, thus far seems to still be respecting it. But but I, I know that our setup is is much more ironically liberal in Texas uh, when it comes to masks than the rest of America for the most part and the rest of, you know, the functioning world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think we're we're probably some some months away from that in in the UK, but uh, it feels like better days ahead. Probably the opposite that you could say about this football team, Brian. I think the I suppose the first thing I was going to ask you about, um, I suppose we remiss it was a a moment of inf infamy, perhaps unwanted from you um, under the O'Brien era when you were famously called out for a rather spiky response by the departed previous head coach. Bill O'Brien, what's your sort of memories of that kind of incident? And and do you sort of almost miss the live press conferences in the age of COVID now? Yeah, no, it's a good question. Uh, and the second part, honestly, intrigues me more. I, I do miss, I really miss the live press conferences. You know, I, I'm, I'm the last person at all to complain uh, about how my job has been affected by COVID. You know, when you have, obviously, frontline workers and nurses and doctors and I mean so many people have lost their jobs so I mean small beans uh compared to anybody else uh but you know it, it is what I do and I love I love what I do I I have I've been doing it it's crazy now for uh really more than uh, more than 15 years which is ridiculous to me it feels like it's been five um and I I I really miss Bill O'Brien in a lot of ways. And, and most importantly, I miss, yeah, the, the live press conferences, the human, human interaction. And that goes for the Houston Rockets, the NBA team that I cover that goes for the Astros, 
uh, who are in you know spring training in Florida right now. But you know normally I would have been down there, and there would have been access, and there would have really been a reason to be down there. And even though there 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 is, if you're a B rider, there's, there's just no access. And, and Bill O'Brien, for all the bad, there was a lot of good there too. And he was, you know, it's not like he ever 100% told the media the truth. But a lot of times, 99% he did, and sometimes it was 2% or negative 2%. But when he did, it was refreshing. And there, there were many sides to Bill O'Brien. I, I still look back on that era with a little bit of, of what if and you know, often thinking about what was done right and what was done wrong. Um, but one of the best parts of the Bill O'Brien era, and I think he'll always be remembered for it you know, for the next 20, 30 years and, and with Texans fans – you know, in, in the state of Texas, in America, and, and across the globe, the people that follow the, the Texans and the NFL, was he was about as real as it came uh, in, in those settings. And so that specific one, it's, it's funny because it, it completely, and you know how it goes on the internet, it completely got blown out of proportion. But I, I've always said this, uh, I was, the Texans have been really, really unpredictable that year and that that was one of the hallmarks of the bill o'brien teams right they they could look great one game they look horrible one game um they would would win ugly you know way too often and that year they were just i mean literally winning ugly and they had they were doing the you know the rotating quarterback things and they have been for years they didn't have their franchise quarterback so you know the fans knew i often speak for or you know write for the fans or, or, you know, at least include that perspective because those are the people buying the tickets and supporting the team. Um, everyone knew the Texans were just winning way too ugly that year. And I believe it was Christmas Eve. It's hard to remember, but I believe it was because so much has happened. I believe it was Christmas Eve, national TV, I think on NFL Network. Um, and they only won because Randy Bullock, their former yeah, kicker, missed a pretty – easy field goal and i think they want to have to go back it was something like 13 to 10, 10 or, yeah yeah 12 you know i mean so the game's probably should have gone to ot and the texas lose that game i guess i guess andy dalton was still the quarterback back then and if it was 2000 and sort of in 16 so that was the osweiler year yeah that was the osweiler year yeah and uh i believe and if that was that's you know osweiler was signed for the 72 million dollar albatross and then yeah, underperformed, you know, to say the least. And then it did not end well, did not go well with O'Brien. You had Tom Savage coming in the picture, so on and on. So win the AFC South. And I asked the first question at the press conference. It was late at night. It was, I believe it was Christmas Eve. And I tried to ask a full question, which was, hey, you won ugly again. You know, and I'm paraphrasing myself, which is stupid, but, you know, you won ugly again. But we all know you know, blah, blah, blah. A win is just a win. And you won the division title. And it does say something about your, you know, it says a lot about your team. This is what I would have asked, uh, that you guys keep finding a way to win those games. That was going to be the question. Bill O'Brien, who was known at times for being incredibly fiery um, and prickly <laughs> during post-game press conferences and would run so hot that he actually used to have to cool down after them and had to, you know, work with the the PR to try to not, you know, throw down the podium and start wrestling people. I'm joking. Uh, but that's kind of what you, you felt early on during his tenure. Uh, he cut the question off, I think, you know, eight, 10 words in. And 
very briefly went off. And then what people never remembered was that he then apologized. He's like, I'm sorry, go ahead and ask your question. And I think, you know, but that, that it became the soundbite. And I, I think I remember coming home that night and it was all over whatever Sunday night football and ESPN. And then it became a viral Twitter thing. And I honestly, it never bothered me. Uh, initially it was a little weird uh, because you had, you had fans of a, whatever, a nine and seven team that you knew where it wasn't going to do anything in the playoffs. Uh, trumpeting that is like, Oh, you know, we love Bill O'Brien. It was just really funny in retrospect. You know, we, we, we love it. He stuck it to the media. And I was like, no, I mean, ultimately we really came out right that we were early on saying this wasn't good enough. Right. Which is what fans said in the end, which is what the Texans said in the end. It wasn't good enough. That's why they moved on. They believed at the time they could be better. Um, but here's the thing that nobody knows. Bill O'Brien that morning, which I believe was Christmas morning, uh, Bill O'Brien that morning called me and apologized. And that ultimately said more to me about Bill O'Brien than anything else. You know, I mean, it, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't definitely wasn't pretty at times, but he was real. Um, I still feel like in some ways he didn't get a fair shake. A lot of that maybe was his own fault because he could be so tough, you know, tough to work with, to deal with. But that that, you know, you, I could write a whole chapter in the Texans book uh, about that incident. And, and it, it wasn't the viral thing. And, and fans now love to, to mention it. they have for years. Um, and they, it's become a, a, a hilarious thing. And it's almost now it's like this backward point of pride to where the fans know that winning the AFC South isn't good enough. Right. Um, and now they would love to win the AFC South again, considering everything going on with the Texans. But what ultimately stood out to me, and I know it's a long answer, is that Bill O'Brien called the next day to apologize. And, and that to me said a lot about him as a person. Yeah, and I think when he when he went, I thought that the the sentiment I had be careful what you wish for because he said yeah. it was it was it was imperfect at times and it it was it it was variable uh, and it and it had highs and it had lows and the the swings between those were were great uh, just mirroring perhaps Bill's personality and I think when you when you go back to that moment where he was relieved of his duties and then you know you know the the, the quote from Jamie Roots who again who's now no longer with us was hopeful spring eternal yes. um, he, he obviously not didn't see it that way and I would say Brian this offseason has been the antithesis of that yeah it, it really hasn't and that's that's the thing and we're you know I, I know we're not some of the Rockets but the, the Rockets you know the NBA team they're dealing with that now to where you know they they had to trade James Harden but I knew the second that Harden wanted out it was like whoa 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 like you have you know it's really easy to get mad at him it's really easy to say they have to trade him but as you just said, you have to be careful what you wish for. And it's the same thing with the Texans. I mean, Texans fans, it always felt were really split on O'Brien. Pretty much 50-50, 40-60, whatever. Then it went to 30-70. Then it went to 20-80. Then it was 10-90. And then it was 0.05%, you know, or 0.5% and 99.5. Uh, but here's the thing. They fired him four games in the season. It was a horrendous time to fire him. It made no sense from an NFL, you know, Super Bowl winning franchise perspective, they should have fired him after the season or they should have fired him with four games left or, you know, whatever you're going to do. And it left a vacuum. It left a power vacuum. Jack Easterby had increased power, increased power, increased power, taken power, whatever, however you want to phrase it, and only received more power. He became the interim GM. The fact that Jack Easterby, it still blows my mind, the fact that Jack Easterby became the interim GM of the Texans when he had no qualifications 
Um, and Cal McNair's answer to firing Bill O'Brien, who he, you know, he had given with his father this insane amount of power to, absolutely unprecedented in the NFL. The only person with that power is Bill Belichick, and he's won six Super Bowls. Texans still don't want a division around game, which everyone knows. Your answer is to promote Romeo Cornell again as interim coach, and everyone knew it wasn't going to work with Romeo. That was a disaster last year. Um, and, and Romeo was his own worst enemy in a lot of ways, but ultimately was to give Jack Easterby, you know, even more power. And, and that ended up setting up the situation they now face to where Deshaun Watson wants out. It doesn't look like as we speak, Will Fuller's coming back, even though, you know, Watson was campaigning to bring back Fuller uh, in the final month of the season. J.J. Watt wanted out. And, you know, we could talk about Easterby forever. but. It is be careful what you wish for. And, I, you know, would, would Texans fans want Bill O'Brien back right now? No, it, 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 not enough time has passed. But I, I already know I'll be writing, you know, around training camp, around week one. Texans would love to go. The Texans fans, the Texans organization would love to go nine and seven right now. <laughs> they would love to have Ryan Fitzpatrick as their quarterback. I mean, that was kind of the joke in 2014 when Fitzpatrick was a QB and then it became Ryan Mallett and it became. Savage and TJ Yates and Brandon Whedon and all that all led to Brock Osweiler, which ultimately led to Deshaun Watson. But the Texans have no plan right now. They have no easy path forward. It, they're going to struggle just to get nine wins in the next couple of years. Uh, so that's what ends up. That's what ends up happening often in the NFL and pro sports. If if you make those huge moves and they backfire and you fall short, but you don't have a plan or you don't have the foundation of your franchise, which the Texans clearly don't have, then you end up in no man's land, and that's where the Texans are right now. Yeah, and those lack of foundations, you know, undoubtedly come from the owner. And I think you've seen, you know, whether it be Easterby and then whether it was uh, Cal at the, at the Casario press conference, you got a rerouting to question. You know, when you you mentioned earlier, Brian, about asking on the behalf of the fans, and you did that in the press conference, and it was. It was almost an emotional moment for me watching that because, you know, you said everything that probably everybody had on the tip of their tongue and what to ask them about the state of the ownership, you know, people calling to sell the team, get rid of Easterby. And then what did you make of the answer and what do you think his, his real answer is if you were to ask him away from the microphone? Yeah, I mean, I wish I could say something different because uh, I, 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 don't, I don't get tired of being critical of the Texans. I just wish I didn't have to be. Uh, it'd be nice to be positive about the Texans. I'd love to be. I, and I, ha I have I have unquestionably been at times. Um, I've been very positive about Deshaun Watson and J.J. Watt and, you know, I mean, on and on and on. But they – the most striking part of all this is is just the fact that over and over and over, they have not proven that – on any level, they get it, right? So it keeps getting worse from a public perception. It keeps getting worse from the fans' perception, the media, um, you know, on and on and on. Every, every angle that you could look at, it keeps getting, the perception keeps getting worse, but they keep making it worse, right? And so that is the most discouraging thing. The Deshaun Watson situation is the perfect example. You know, yes, from a football perspective, I understand you can say we're not going to trade him. But if he swears he's never going to play for you again. Um, what is your path forward? What is your plan for it? At some point, you will have to trade him. I mean, 
you know, when it, when it comes to dealing with the media, unfortunately, and, they, and I, I've written in this, and I've said this, they, they have some really good people, obviously, working inside Energy Stadium. They have had for years. There's been a tug and a, a push and pull and, and friction and for years, going, you know, going back really to 2014 when Bill O'Brien took over. For years. But now, there's never been anything like this. Uh, they, they can't even you know, spin the message. They, they, they can't get out of their own way enough to even have a message. So, so that in itself is disturbing. And yeah, you, you can ask a simple question during a press conference. I mean, simply for them to have the bleep to say, we are committed to excellence. And that was my point asking the question. Okay. So you're going to, you're actually going to say that. All right. You can say whatever you want. This is America, but you have to on some level back it up. You know, you ha- you have to have some proof of that. If not, you just look like absolute fools. And unfortunately for the fans, uh, that is how they continue to look. They have no real relationships with the media. They don't try to build it with the media, which is a damn shame. Uh, and if you're going to do a rebuild, if you're going to trade Deshaun, if you're going to lose J.J. Watt and Will Fuller and, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, if you're going to do all that, shouldn't you be working it at the same time to say, hey, you know what? I know this looks crazy, but believe us, we have a plan and, you know, this is what we're going for. They haven't sold anything, even tried to sell anything of this is what we're, this is where we're going. This is what we're doing. This is the vision. Cleveland did that. Um, you, you can, you can go throughout the NFL and major league baseball and the NBA and, you know, rebuilding's really been a thing for the last 10, 15 years. And, 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 you know, with the rise of analytics and, and understanding player value. Okay, if you want to go that route, then go that route and put you, and I, I I mentioned this to the Texans a year ago. Then then put your stamp on it and make that official and let everyone know that. But they're right now, at least what they tell us publicly, they're not smart enough to even do that. And if you can't even answer a basic question, not just to me, but to other media members, and the media ultimately is the only conduit between the fans and and the, these teams, these organizations, if you can't even answer a best basic question then how do any of us have any faith that you know that you know what you're doing? And they continue to give the impression that, unfortunately, they really don't know what they're doing when you compare them to the best organizations in pro football. That's that's the Easterby problem. That's the Deshaun Watson problem. That's you know we can debate should they have gotten something for J.J. Watt for hours, but go find me another team that would have released J.J. Watt. Uh, not gotten anything from him when he had a year left on his contract. And then he signs for major money with another team. He obviously had value. So again, I mean, hopefully it changes, but it, the, 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 it, it's, it's, it's impossible not to have a feeling that it's going to get worse and possibly much worse before it gets better. And the problem is it's never really been that good in 20 years, right? They've never been a great team. They've never been a great franchise. Uh, the best they were was 2011 and 12. That's almost that's a decade ago. Now they're approaching the 20th year anniversary, their 20th season, and they might celebrate that season by being forced to trade Deshaun Watson. 
And I, I've held that, that the assertion all off-season. I, I still don't think, even if we are to trade Deshaun, I don't think that'll even be rock bottom. I think there's there's more to come just with a spiral that we're on that is directly a correlation of, you know, hapless leadership right from the top of the inherited owner or de facto CEO. And, and Brian, where do you think that Deshaun Watson saga ends? And if you were to speak to Deshaun and sit down, how do you think he would articulate the problems that he sees and why he wants out? Yeah, no, it's a good question. I'll have to end on this one. And I really appreciate you having me on and, and you know, a sincere hi to all your listeners. I, I was in England a few years ago uh, with my wife and we actually, we did London, you know, whatever, uh, which London's incredible, but we did, um, what is it? Is it the Cotswolds? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, loved it. We stayed at the Manor House. I, I'm sure everyone in England thinks I'm dumb now, but uh I just thought it was, I could move there in a heartbeat. I thought it was absolutely beautiful. So sometimes I like England better than, uh, well, I shouldn't say America, but there are things I like about England much better than America. Um, I, number one, Watson. Um, I'm still waiting on Deshaun Watson to articulate all of the issues. They've all been reported. They've all been sourced. They've all been leaked. We all know what they are. But it, I, I continue to feel like if he is going to get out, if they're not going to play this long chess game, he will have to at some point articulate, you know, put his name on everything. Now, if the Texans back, because right now the Texans are saying they're not giving in, they're not backing down. We'll know that's true if they don't trade him before the draft is over. And that's not that long away. I mean, it, it feels like it's a while, but... Free agency is starts this weekend, so boom, that's that's your first domino. Don't think they trade him during free agency. We'll be incredibly shocked if they do, and in a good way. That'll be absolutely fascinating. If you're going to trade Deshaun, the time to trade him, theoretically, obviously, is the night before the draft, the day before the draft. If that doesn't happen, and the Texans are truly committed, Cal and Jack and David Culley and Nick Asario and the McNairs are truly committed, and maybe they want to you know, show Deshaun Watson, maybe they want to stand up for the NFL, whatever they want to do. If they're not going to trade him, the only way Deshaun is, I believe, is going to get out, he's going to, he's going to have to make it an untenable situation. And I've, I've been saying this for a while, but we've seen guys do this. You know, Antonio Brown did this. Um, there are multiple stars. NBA, Jimmy Butler did this in the NBA. There's a playbook to follow. He's going to have to air it all out. You know, right now we know it's Easterby and we know it's the GM search and the head coach search and he was ignored. I, I get all that. I, I can sit here and, and, and say and write how dysfunctional they are. And they're the worst team, run team in pro sports. Okay, okay. He's under contract through 2025. He signed a four-year, $156 million extension. The Texans in no way are obligated to trade him. There's nothing written in that contract that says that they have to trade him if he is unhappy. And he signed back on. And so I'm I'm absolutely fascinated to see where this can go. In some ways, it's it's a it's gonna it's a test case, it's gonna be a landmark case with NFL player empowerment. And it's never 50-50. You know, it's it it, it never is okay, this side totally won and this side totally won. And, and in the end, you know what? We all overreacted and it was good for both sides. No, 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 it's not gonna be like that. Somebody's gonna win this. So is it going to be Deshaun and David Mulligetta as agent and Deshaun's people? Or is it going to be the Texans? And the only way the Texans can win this 
is if they somehow trade for, you know, a great young quarterback or a Russell Wilson or a Kyler Murray, you know, okay. And I mean, that's so far-fetched. Could it happen? Sure. But seems far-fetched. Could happen. You, you'll see those trades in the NBA and Major League Baseball more. Maybe, maybe, maybe so. No, no one thought that Texas could get rid of Brock, Brock Osweiler and Rick Smith did. Um, or they do, you know, the next Herschel Walker and get back a, an unprecedented haul, and then you draft your next quarterback. No, what, what, whatever it is. But no one knows where this is going. I wrote that in the Chronicle a few weeks ago. Um, and and Deshaun still hasn't ever come out and said anything about this for all, for all the talk about it. So I would love to hear him say, you know, why he wants out, why he must get out, why they must trade him. I, we all think we know it, but until he says it, we, you know, we, 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 we don't really know. Uh, and there's, there's, I still believe there's much more there than has been reported in the Chronicle and Sports Illustrated and ESPN. There, there are, there are other issues there. And this, this goes back to, um, it's not just the Hopkins trade. This, this, this goes back to last offseason. And, and this goes back to when he was signing his extension and there were question marks then on and on and on. Um, so that's, that's my Deshaun answer. I forgot the first part of your, your, your question really quick and I'll give you my answer and, and then head out. Yeah, no, yeah, that's, that's that's fine, Brian. I think that's the thanks very much for your time. I think it's the it's the hope. I think of the twenty one, the sort of crippling uncertainty that hangs over the team. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, and I I don't want to be uh, like believe it believe it or not, I'm not trying to be you know insanely pessimistic. It's just they are they are perceived as being the worst run team in the NFL, and there is a there is a way out of this. You know, you okay, you trade Deshaun. And you draft whatever, whoever it's going to be, Wilson or or Fields or and Fields has, I believe, the same agent as David Mulligetta, so that, that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> or or you you are just horrendous this year, and you take those picks and you you know you add defensive and offensive pieces and you draft your quarterback next year. I mean, there's there's a way out of this. When when they had Brock Osweiler, nobody thought they could get out of that, and they ended up finding Deshaun Watson. So. And they had Deshaun Watson, and they went four and twelve last year. So th- that's that's the ultimate thing for me. Is as much as I can, you know, crack on them um, and and maybe say all the things or a lot of the things that the fans are thinking. And and I, I really do appreciate that connection uh, with the fan base. It 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 is on them to. And this is my last point. This it is on them to find a way forward. Whether it is somehow convincing Deshaun to stay, which seems like you know a 0.01% possibility, or if you are going to trade him and he calls you out and you have to fold and basically bow down before Deshaun Watson and David Mulligetta in an un- absolutely unprecedented, totally historic trade, there is still a path forward. Um, but you've, you've got to go all in and you've got to rebuild. And it, it as you said, you know, it, it could it could take two to three to four years, but Cleveland was absolutely horrendous, you know, for a decade. Uh, and they have they have a lot of promise right now. So I'll keep writing about it, covering it. You'll keep writing, you know, you'll keep covering it. And um, as, as bad as it looks, I, I do know the Texans are always interesting. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's it. I think it, it would be it would be it would be terrible to search for fifteen years to to lose somebody in this way. But uh, whether it's the lack of talent or uncertainty, I think they'll continue to keep it interesting this off season. But Brian, thank you very much for your time all the way from Houston today. So thanks for that, Brian. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Take care.